You're listening to the RV Homeschool Podcast, where we make travel educational and fun. Today, we're changing gears a bit and talking about RV ownership and the things that broke in our first two years. the RV Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Steuben. We are a family of four that travels the U.S. and Canada when we can in our Jayco Seneca motorhome. We've owned our motorhome now for a little over two years and thought that this would be a great time to talk about the things that either were broken at the point that the RV arrived to us or busted within those first two years. And the reason I chose two years is because that's when our Jayco warranty expired. So now everything that happens is on us. And some of the stuff that happened before was on us too, but we will get to that. I wanted to start just by saying that we bought a brand new RV and we did that for a few reasons. First, we were RV newbies and we were pretty sure that we didn't know what we were doing and thought that we were going to run into problems, which we did. And we were afraid of having too many problems and thought that having a new RV might mean less of those issues which it certainly did not, but that was kind of our presumption. The second reason we bought new is because the warranty is on the new RV. And so for us, we have a motorhome, and so there's two parts to that warranty. There's the warranty for the RV part, the home part of the unit. And for us, that's covered by Jayco, and that's a two-year warranty. And then there's a warranty on the engine which includes the transmission, the engine, and the um, chassis. So for us, we have Freightliner. So we have an Allison emission, uh, uh, emission. We have the Cummins engine and a Freightliner chassis. And it's the S2RV chassis is the specific one that they have on the Jayco Senecas. So that actually has a three-year warranty, and which is really nice because we actually have someone coming out next week to work on some warranty work for that. But our Jayco warranty is now expired. The third reason we bought new is because there's lower interest rates for new RV loans. And we were buying a motorhome, so that's a pretty big purchase. And we did have a loan for that, and it meant a lower interest rate. So now that you know the reasons that we bought a new RV or what we thought we were getting into, we also were maybe surprised at how much actually was broken either at arrival or within those first two years on our unit. And so we're going to talk about eight of the main things that were broken or busted in those first two years that were related to the Jayco warranty work. And then I'm going to talk about two of the main things that happened in terms of the engine, which was covered by Freightliner. So the first thing on the list is that when our RV arrived to us, I should put a little side note here. So we bought our RV from a dealership that was out of state. In state, our local Jayco dealer, who happens to be a camping world, wanted $50,000 more than an out-of-state dealer. And since this was a brand new build, we were doing the same build components and the same features. It was exactly the same unit, and we knew it would be the same unit. It didn't make sense to pay $50,000 more just to have it local, especially when we didn't feel like the support and everything was going to be worth that extra amount of money. I think maybe if you have some amazing dealer that's in your area and they get things in quickly and they do a great job at fixing things, then it makes sense maybe to buy at a local dealer, even if you're paying a little bit of a premium. But that wasn't the case for us, so it just made sense to get the best deal we could. Having said that, it meant that we needed the RV to get brought out to us, and we were also pretty much receiving it 
without any sort of tutorial or information or any way to get anything fixed that might have been an issue at the beginning. And so we actually paid a semi-truck driver to drive out the RV unit for us. And that worked out great and he was very fast, um, but the seat was not functioning. And he said it wasn't functioning the whole time. And what we mean by functioning is the seat on the Senecas are these big leather seats and they have eight different adjustments. So forward, back, up, down, lumbar support, fuller or, or lower, and then the tilt back and forth. So there's eight features to it, but none of them were working. And when we brought it in, we ended up doing our first trip because we received our, our Seneca and in a few days we had planned on doing our first trip. So we just did our first trip and when we came back we brought it in to get a bunch of stuff worked on that was not working when we received it. And it turns out that when the seat was installed, there's an electrical cord unit. It's a big bundle of cords that go down and plug in under the seat and then that takes it over to power because of course the seat has power to it. But when they installed the seat, they literally smashed it into place and then severed all the lines of the cords. So this is one of those things where a little quality control would have picked this up, but I was absolutely amazed or maybe not too amazed when I heard on the RV Miles podcast a few months ago and they were talking about how some of the RV manufacturers are starting to put in some quality control in the RV manufacturing plants, which apparently they have not had. It was up to the dealers to figure out that something's busted and get that fixed before the RV ever goes out to people, um, which is just flabbergasting that that's the case. But it makes sense because here is this totally non-functional seat and all they did was sever all the lines. So we had that fixed. They covered that to be repaired. That wasn't a huge deal, but it did have to go in for that repair work. And a little side note about repair work. So some people said, how could you buy your RV out of state? Aren't you worried about trying to get repairs done? Well, it turns out we don't have to go to our local camping world or whoever might be a Jayco dealer. We can go to anyone who's a Jayco certified RV mechanic. And for us, we found that there was one in a city not too far from us. And we've actually also found some mobile RV mechanics since then who are also Jayco certified and they're able to do any repair works for our warranty. So we have never needed to go back to any of the big box dealers um, because we found some local sources and you might have that in your area too. So maybe check that out ahead of time before you purchase an RV if you're still at the point of purchasing an RV and then figure out where you all you could get repairs done because you might not have to actually go to a big box dealership to get that done. So that is where we usually get most of our warranty work done is either through that location, the local place that's nearby or having one of the mobile mechanics come out if it wasn't something we fixed ourselves. The next thing that happened, the second thing on my list is that, um, and this isn't necessarily anybody's fault, we just kept having a tire deflating and we were traveling all the way out to Florida and we kept having an issue where we were having to put in more air and we, trying to use an air auto compressor, which is supposed to go up to 100 PSI, which should have been enough, but it was not enough and it would not work. And so we had to go and buy a pancake compressor and that ended up being enough to pump up the tires. With those really large RV tires, you can't just go to like the local gas station and pump those things up. So that's one of the things that you should add to your purchase list on a new RV is to make sure that you have an appropriate compressor. So a big pancake compressor that can help you out. And we have a TPMS system and we have since day one, that was one of the absolutes we needed on day one. And it's helped us know 
that the tires were getting low, but we were still dealing with this tire that kept going low and having an issue. And we called to try to get support with our extended warranty that we had paid for. And of course, nobody helps. I mean, nobody even called us back. We realized that that was a total scam. Um, so they were not helpful. Obviously, nobody from a dealership or anyone is going to be helpful for you when you're on the road. So we kind of had to just figure out on our own how to get that inflated. And it ended up making it all the way back home. And when we got home, uh, we realized that there was a, a screw and they were able to take the tire off and plug it and everything. So that was kind of what happened with that one. The third thing on our list, the hot water heater. So we've had a few times where the hot water heater has run into issues and not worked. And the first time, this again was a thing where we were calling for the extended warranty, trying to get some support because we were on the road when we figured this out and the hot water's not working. And of course there was no help, nobody to talk to us and work through anything. The first time we figured out that it was just the igniter. And so we were able to replace an igniter while we were on the road and that worked out. The second time we had this happen, we were actually on our way to Glacier. And so we were in Southern Montana, which was the last city we were going to be in and we could buy parts. And nobody, of course, could look at it because when you're traveling on the road, nobody has time to just check out your RV and try to assess what's going on. Everybody's telling us how they're booked out for many weeks and sometimes many months out in advance. So we just tried to buy different parts and see what could fix it. And I'm just lucky that Jeremy's handy enough to do some of this. He tried the igniter first because it's the cheapest part and that didn't fix it. So he ended up having to replace the um, circuit board, I believe at this time. So there's sensors um, and then there's a propane component, there's the igniter, and then there's this circuit board. And the circuit board can actually get fried. And we've had that happen twice. So at in this point in time, it was a circuit board issue. It wasn't working for whatever reason. We just replaced it. That for us is like a $200 piece, but it's still a piece that we keep an additional one in the RV because it's now happened twice to us. And it's really a bummer when you get to a destination and you don't have any hot water, especially if you're going to places where they don't even have restroom facilities at the RV park. So you're relying on your own hot water to give you any hot water that you want. So we just keep an extra one of these with us because it's happened now a few times to us. The fourth thing to mention is our slide. So our front slide works really well. It's this nice hydraulic slide. I don't remember the um, who it is that the maker is, but our back slide doesn't work quite as smoothly. It's a Schwintec side slide, and um, it was not really aligning. So every time it would go out, it was really loud, and when it came back in, it was kind of like it was off kilter, and then the last second when you're pulling it in, it would, it would readjust and then shut all the way. But it wasn't really working well. The first RV repair place that we took it to said, you know, it's working fine enough, we're not going to deal with it. Well, then we had a major problem where we are traveling and we're heading across Nevada and there's no RV repair people or anything and we can't get the slide to fully shut. So it, it will shut to about four inches or five inches and we can't get it to fully shut. And we are in the middle of our trip and we don't want to be stuck at an RV dealership if anyone could even see us on the road for days on end. So we just dealt with it being like four inches out of the wall and we had to drive with it like that, which they really recommend not to do, but we could not get it to come back in all the way. So we just had to deal with that. When we got home, it was determined 
um, we went with another RV company at this point in time, we had somebody new and they looked at it and the tracks were not on track correctly. And part of that is because there's this bottom slide piece that it slides against and that was never really aligned from the point that it was manufactured. So we were having this issue and because of that, the tracks were not lining up correctly. And so as it was going in and out, it was constantly just adjusting a little bit more and getting worse and worse on its alignment to the point where then it wasn't even functioning, it wasn't even working. And so that actually had to be replaced. All of those slide components had to be replaced. And that was a very costly thing that took a while. But fortunately, that was one of the things where we had some RV mechanics to come to the house. And we just dealt with that in a time where we weren't traveling. The problem, though, of course, is that this stuff always happens while you're traveling. And you just have to find a way to deal with it fix it as best as you can until you can get back home and then actually bring it in and have it be dealt with. And don't be surprised if the RV dealers want to keep your RV for months, at least weeks. And part of that, I one of the gals actually educated me on how this works so that I could better understand and I'd have a little bit more patience. So little side, side note again, when we bring it into their the RV mechanic place, they have to assess it. So it might take them some time till they can have a tech go and assess what the problem is. They have to take multiple pictures. They have to submit that back over to the whoever has the warranty. So in our case, Jayco, then they have to wait for Jayco to give a decision whether or not they're going to cover it and what they're going to cover. And then if they are going to cover it, which they did for most of the things we brought in, then they had to send out parts, which have another delay to it. And then once the parts actually arrive, then the RV mechanic can schedule a time to have their techs actually fix the problem. So that's why this process can take weeks and weeks and sometimes months for something to be fixed. And of course, that's delayed time that you could be traveling or you could be enjoying, you know, some camping and vacationing with your family. So it's really frustrating that it takes that long, but it it's just kind of the way the process is. What we ended up working out with our local place is they would take the pictures, they would find out from Jayco what they needed and that the parts were coming, and then they would let us pick up our RV so we could continue and go do a vacation or whatever we needed to do. And then when they had the parts back in, we would schedule a time and we'd bring our RV back. And that worked out really well for us because it allowed us to continue traveling and bear with whatever the problem was as best we could, especially if it was something that didn't really bother us that much, until we could then bring it back and be away from the RV for a while while they fixed the problem. So that was my little side note about getting repairs done. The fifth thing to mention is that the side door, we have a side door that goes um, out the stairs and everything like motorhomes have, and it was not shutting well from day one. And so uh, Jeremy made adjustments, the RV place made adjustments on where the latch plate is at, but it really seemed to be a bigger frame issue with the door and the way that it sat in the frame. So at first, Jayco didn't want to do any repairs. And then we went to Florida and we were coming home from Florida. We're on I-70 in Kansas driving probably, you know, 50, 55 miles per hour. And the door has this huge gap in the top of it and wind is just coming in and air. And I'm standing there desperately holding onto it so that we can just make it to the next exit safely. Um, but of course, I'm terrified that this whole thing is going to blow open and I'm going out with it. So super unsafe. 
that was fortunately our last date. We were about to be home. Jeremy actually just um, put a plate in there and kind of bolted it shut so that it wouldn't open while we were driving. And then we made it home and Jayco at that point said, okay, yes, there's frame issues and we need to just replace the whole door. So they were finally willing to replace the whole door. That was the longest repair that we ever had to wait for. And part of that was bringing the part in for the door, having the door replaced. And then we actually did a trip and brought the door back. And then they had to schedule a paint guy to do all the paint work on the side to get it to match the rest of the RV. So that was the longest of the repairs. But again, it was all covered on warranty. And that side door does occasionally need some tightening. So there's some screws in there and you just have to go through and tighten it. And that's pretty common. But this wasn't really just the screws being tightened. This was a whole kind of frame issue in the way that it sat into the door. So that was our fifth issue. The sixth issue is the furnace. And we have had multiple issues with the furnace um, having problems and it's a Dometic furnace. I'm not sure that it's necessarily a lot better with the Suburban, but it is apparently better rated for high altitude. So it never fails that when we go somewhere where it's cold, which often turns out to be at an elevation, that we run into an issue with the air intake on the furnace. Now, this is a common thing with the elevation because you know you have lower air and so there's not enough air necessarily coming into the unit for the furnace to properly function and what we have found our quick fix is that the little air intake on the side of the rig we just unloosen that and open it up and it seems to allow enough air to kind of come through now we brought it into the rv mechanic place they agreed that this was an issue we actually um contacted Dometic and they claimed that the unit that was put into our RV is not supported for high elevation, which they define as above 5,000 feet. We live above 6,000 feet. So at a base, we are already at high elevation and we travel into the Rocky Mountains a lot. And so we're, we're constantly above elevations of, you know, nine, 10,000 feet. So this is a major issue for us. Jayco, though, would not replace this for the Suburban, which is supposed to work a little bit better. Uh, and I believe I'll have to look up the exact wording on how they phrase this. And they said, um, one of their customer service reps said, and I quote, when we choose components for our RVs, we cannot predetermine the travel plans of each and every customer. If we did, we would have a never ending list of options for each component in in the coach and that would not be feasible. If you are planning on using the RV at a higher than recommended altitudes, you will need to make adjustments and arrangements for such, which could include purchasing aftermarket components to make your RV usable in the climate and areas that you wish to travel. While we understand this may be an inconvenience to you, it is ultimately your responsibility." End quote. So there we go. We weren't getting a replacement on our furnace without us having to deal with it. And so we're still dealing with the issue. We know the workaround on the air intake. Um, and so it's functioning otherwise at the point where it really won't function anymore, then we'll just have to suck up the money and buy ourselves the Suburban. So that is the sixth issue, seventh issue. Oh, the fridge. So we have a residential fridge and a residential fridge is wonderful and great and it's huge and it holds all these components, but man, it is not meant for winterizing. So uh, one of the things that's difficult is it's really hard to get the access to the back of the fridge where there's a couple of different pumps and water gets trapped into those, particularly in relation to the ice maker 
water gets trapped in those areas. So you can't really blow it out with a compressor line. You really have to run antifreeze all the way through your system and all the way into the ice maker and be making ice. And I'm not even sure that that would work perfectly well. So we have had the issue where both years, even though we keep our RV in a warmed garage, it's not as hot as the house, but it is warmer. We have still managed to freeze and break these pump components that are in the back, these little plastic pieces. And we have a whole video on our YouTube on how to fix this because we've done it a few times, but man, is it a pain to pull those art residential fridges out of their little cupboard where they're at. We had to build a platform so that we could scoot the RV or the fridge forward and be able to pull it out further into the RV so you can get to the back access of the fridge and deal with it. So that has been an issue and we, we continue to deal with that issue. The eighth thing is the whole concept of solar ready. And the reason I just put this on here is because I think a lot of RVs are being sold under the concept of being solar ready. And I'm not sure what you might think that that means, but I kind of thought that that means you either can turn a switch and go to solar, or maybe you just need a solar panel and you're ready for solar. And that is absolutely not the case. We have done a ton of work, hours and hours of our own labor, because we're not going to pay somebody for the work we can do and thousands and thousands of dollars converting our system and being able to get everything ready for a solar for the solar system and allowing the solar power to function and work the rv so that was the last thing that i wanted to mention on the rv components the two things that have to deal with the Freightliner and the chassis and the engine and all those components are tied to the first one is related to the airbags for the suspension. So there's an issue. A lot of other Jayco Seneca owners out there know about this. Your your Jayco kind of tilts almost to the side. And this is just an issue with the airbags for the suspension and needing an adjustment. And so when we had it in for Freightliner for another problem, we just had them fix this and it was a pretty simple fix. Wasn't something we were going to know how to do ourselves. And the ride for the RV was much smoother once we had this fixed. So that was one issue. The second issue was a much larger issue. And this is related to the DEF system. There's actually a coolant line reversal issue that is known on our Jayco Seneca and the year before us and uh, potentially even the, the 2020s, the year after us. And this is just related to the coolant lines being swapped on for the DEF tank. And what it ends up happening is you have issues where your DEF header is going out, your DEF sensors are going out. It keeps happening. For us, what it meant is stranding us on the side of I-25 with our engine with what was the air it said imminent um, engine imminent to turn off or something like that so we are on the side of i-25 waiting for a tow because we can't it doesn't even let you drive the vehicle more than like five miles per hour if it lets you drive at all so we had to have it towed to the nearest town we were um, at raton pass which is between colorado and new mexico so we're on a big mountain pass and they had to tow it all the way up to colorado springs the tow bill on that alone was three thousand dollars and that's if you can even find a tow company in the town that you're in that can deal with it. Now, Freightliner covered all those costs, but it meant bringing it to the location. Then they had to determine what the problem was. They had to make sure they had a Cummins tech who was available to deal with the problem. And for us, the first time this happened, it cost us five days of what should have been a vacation and ended up meaning that we were stuck in a town for five days waiting for repairs to be done. 
Um, the second time that it happened, because they hadn't fixed the coolant lines, they just replaced the header. Second time it happened, the sensor went out. So same type of deal. We're trying to assess the problem, trying to at least stop by a Freightliner dealership where they can at least run the code. We've since then gotten a scan gauge, which lets us run the codes and at least figure out what's going on. And if we can drive home and continue home or we have to really get it dealt with right away. The nice thing is that Freightliner customer support is actually really helpful. They have a 1-800 number when you're stranded on the side of the road and you can talk to somebody and you actually get a live person any time of night that will talk to you. But the problem is there's only so much they can do over the phone and without a code or really being able to assess things, they're not necessarily going to be able to fix your problem. And so the third time that this happened to us, because we had the sensor fixed, we had the header fixed, and then the third time this happened, we were on our big Pacific Northwest trip, and we were pretty sure that at this point in time, the coolant lines were the issue. And we had mentioned it at the other dealers, but this time, somebody actually listened to us. They had to take the whole DEF system apart to get to where those coolant lines are out, and they said, yes, indeed, they were switched. So they fixed that problem. They were so nice to do it in the same day, and it let us get on the road, and we weren't really that far behind on our trip, which was awesome. That was the Freightliner in Grand Junction, and I can't say enough about them because they were so helpful to us. But um, ultimately, we haven't had a problem since then, but that was a pretty big issue because what would happen is every time the, the engine was just getting too hot, it would pretty much run this run this problem and then the DEF system would think that you had no DEF in there even though you do. DEF is part of the diesel exhaust fluid, so this is part of having a diesel engine. So these big diesel engines that our RV has is amazing for getting through mountain passes and really having enough power. But man, when the DEF system is not working, it's a real pain because overall your engine is probably still fine, but it will not let you drive it. So it'll slow down and it'll um, put you down to like five to 10 miles per hour if it lets you drive at all. And uh, the tows and repairs and stuff can be costly if it's not under warranty. So anyone who has a Jayco Seneca out there of the years 18 to 20, be sure that you're getting this addressed and they're having, they're looking at this because they have not done this as a recall, which I think they should, but it will hit you at some point in time because it, uh, it does to all of us. So those were the 10 main things that happened to us. Most of that was covered under warranty. As long as we were able to bring it back before the, when the repairs needed to be done, sometimes we just had to repair things while we were out on the road. And the other thing to know is that there's a lot of inconvenience for this. So even if it is under warranty, if it's going to affect your vacation, if your 10-day vacation turns into five days because you're stuck at the dealer waiting for something to get repaired, that's really frustrating as well. So some of the things to know is that you know buying a new RV does not mean you will be void of all those problems. Um, maybe sometimes actually buying something that's been a few years old and somebody else has already gone through and done repairs is a good idea. Another learning point is to just always make sure you have a pancake compressor with you from the beginning. So when you have a big motorhome, you're going to need a special compressor for that. Um, the other thing is to maybe keep some extra pieces for your hot water tanks. So we keep an extra igniter switch, and then we have the tank sensors for the hot water heater, an inline fuse, and then extra wiring. Uh, Jeremy just always has some extra wiring stuff, and there's tons of stuff that we have to wire. And when you have something as simple as a wire that's just gotten loose or disconnected, that's a pretty easy fix as long as you have the components with you to do that fix. 
So there you go. That's our talk about the things that either arrived to us broken or broke within our first two years, what that looks like. I don't have numbers on everything because a lot of it was covered on warranty work, but hopefully this is useful for your expectations on what might happen in your first couple of years. In our first two years, we've put on 25,000 miles and I think we've gone to 30 plus states. So we've had a lot of use in our RV and not everybody's going to have that much use out of their RV, but just so you kind of have an idea when you've been running your RV that much and you're doing that much work, what can you expect that might happen in those first few years? So hopefully this was useful to you. We have a lot of videos on our YouTube channel. You can find us at RV Homeschool on YouTube. And we have a lot of different videos that show these different things that have broken and what our repairs were. So we try to take video of the repairs that we're doing as it happens so that if you're on the road and you're in the middle of nowhere on some national forest and you're trying to figure out how you can just make a quick fix and keep getting on the road, hopefully we might have something that can help you out. Thank you so much for listening. <music>